for the last several weeks, we've been talking about worship. It's and and uh, in, in a message entitled "Kingdom Come on Earth as It Is in Heaven." And uh, we started off with the Lord's Prayer. We're going to recite that here in just a moment. Um, if you know it, great. If you don't, that's okay. We love you. <laughs> all right. Um, and, and and all those things that doesn't matter. But uh, we're just super grateful for what God is doing. Amen. As we look out into our, our, our nation and our country and, and look out at all the things going on, you know, we can clearly see that things just kind of are lining up with what the word is saying is going to happen. Amen. It's, it's, it's really easy. But, but here's, here's the thing that I want to encourage you with, that it doesn't matter what's happening out there. What matters is what's happening right here in our hearts. Amen. What's going on right here? Because when we're, when we're good here, the Bible says that what's in here is going to come out. Amen. Like it's just a natural order of things with whatever's in here. So the goal isn't really to try to always change what's happening on the outside. However, we need to change and be mindful of the things that are going on on the outside, right? We're called to transform the world around us. Come on, who's with me this morning? Look, I, I know a lot of you might be family or guests, you're visiting family, whatever, but here at the church, you gotta talk back to me, all right? You, you, you gotta give me a little hallelujah, amen, what's it to you, okay? All right, all those kinds of things, it's, it's, it's important because then, then, then we know, see, the word amen just simply means yes, it means I agree, it is finished. And so we just say, come on, somebody. So what's going on in here is what matters because it changes literally the world that's, that's gonna be transformed, that should be transformed, the world that we enter in. Now, you guys, have, if you've been here for any length of time, you know that I never say, let's go change the world and like, let's go to Africa and change the world. Praise God, I think we need to go to Africa and the 1040 window and all those places. But what the world I'm talking about is the world you live in. Right, that's the world I'm talking about. It's the world that you live in, the world that you go to work in, the world that 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 you're at, the world what's going on inside of you, the world what's going on around you, your family, your friends, right, your moms, your dads, your aunts, your uncles, your children. That is the world where you're at. I had a dream last night that I was preaching and coaching football at the same time. It's pretty amazing, and I was preaching simplicity and coaching simplicity. Now, how many guys know football at all? Anybody in here know football at all? Right? <laughs> Kristen. Kristen. That's my wife, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. See, when you teach football, you teach fundamentals. Because if you can get good at the fundamentals, fundamentals never change, no matter if you're in, in Little League all the way to the NFL, as we can clearly see, right? For, for some people who just want to hit to tackle, you got to wrap up to tackle, right? Just, just humoring me with saying yes, okay? Okay, okay, all right. So that's how that goes. See, when we, when we practice and when we teach and when we learn fundamentals, then we get good at the game we're trying to play. And when it comes down to our walk and the kingdom of God and our walk with the Lord, it's really important that we bring it all down in simplicity and just remember the fundamentals of our walk with Jesus Christ. And that is to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. To seek him first and his righteousness. And what does the Bible say in Matthew 6, And all of these things shall be added unto you. It's the fundamentals of just Christianity, right? It's the basics. It's the simplicity. And I think a lot of the times Christians in general, especially within the charismatic world, we get really crazy about stuff. God's bringing us back down to the simplicity of the gospel so that way we can live this life with empowerment and impact around the world that we live in. 
That's what matters the most. Amen? Amen. Jesus prayed and showed his disciples. And I love this because we just think that Jesus said, okay, everybody, I'm going to teach you how to pray. No, really, what happened was is that the disciples asked him, how do I pray? They were looking for the fundamentals of Christianity. <laughs> Jesus prayed and taught this to his disciples. He said, if you know it, say it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. It never changes. Amen. He's never changing. And when we talk about the kingdom... It's why we talk about worship, because the kingdom is all wrapped up in worship, in Christ, worship to Jesus, worship from our hearts to him. Today, I want to talk to you just as we wrap up our series, and next week, we're going to start a series on prayer. I, I, you have to understand something. I, I love Christmas day. I love Christmas day. I'm not so much of a Christmas person on the way up, right? I decorate my house just because... My wife doesn't like to, <laughs> honest truth, right? I'm so glad that my kids were home because then I said, hey guys, you guys decorate the tree. Ching, hallelujah. I don't have to worry about that. So we're, we're gonna start a little thing on prayer because at the beginning of the year, every year we do a week of fasting of prayer. And this year what we're gonna do is I'm gonna challenge the church to a 21 day of negative fasting. It doesn't always have to be food that you fast. I think sometimes we need to fast negativity, amen? I like it. Right? That might mean for you that you might need to just stop peering at social media for 21 days. It might mean that you have to not engage in certain conversations or even certain people for 21 days. But I'm gonna challenge the church to a 21 day of fasting negativity. Okay, it's gonna be good. All right. So when we talk about worship, there's a certain thing about preference. How many of you guys know what preference is? Okay, preference. Prefer I'm going to read it to you out of the dictionary anyway. Preference is that which is preferred. Choice. His preference is vanilla, not chocolate. Whoever wrote that in your dictionary clearly was sinning. It's always about chocolate, never vanilla. Preference is a practical advantage given to one over others. I mean, it's a practical advantage given to one over the other. It's a preference. And I'm going to talk to you today about what worship does for us. Because worship does do things for us, right? Amen? How many believe that? Worship does do things for us. Right? But unfortunately, in today's world, we live in this culture of me. Someone say the culture of me. It's true. We live in the culture of me where my opinion matters the most, where my preference, where my right, where my this, me, 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 and me. And before you know it, we start worshiping me rather than when worshiping Jesus. It's the culture of me. 
See, in this preference mentality, which is also called consumerism, has plagued the church's heart for many generations. How many of you would agree with that? This consumerism, this consumer mentality, right? I want you to know something here very clearly that what we do here, hallelujah, isn't really just for you. It's for Jesus, right? It's always for him, always, all the time. You know, and people like to eat, people like to come and check out the, their favorite restaurant and do all those kinds of things. But we're not about just offering a, 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 a thing on the menu to say, here you go, this is consumer, consume all you want to. The kingdom of God is always about engaging, partnering with one another, rubbing elbows with one another, making sure that we are together moving in the same vision, moving in the same place. But the idea of consumerism has plagued the church, not just now, but for generations. The devil has been orchestrating complaints about worship, about how we do worship, about what worship's all about. He's been, he's been orchestrating complaints, for not just now, but for generations. Here's a history lesson. Letter number one. Now, as a pastor, I want you to know that I never get these from you. I never get complaints from anybody. Letter number one says, I am no music scholar, but I feel I know appropriate church music when I hear it. Last Sunday's new hymn, if you can call it that, sounded like a sentimental love ballad one would expect to hear crooned in a saloon. Ooh, crooned. If you insist on exposing us to rubbish like this in God's house, exclamation point. Don't be surprised if many of the faithful look for a new place to worship. The hymns we grew up with are all we need. 